All right, here we go. It is great to be with you. Welcome back to the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is great to have you in. We have plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to tell you why Texas Tech football's strategy for this upcoming season is going to establish a great foundation for Joey McGuire going forward. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to express to you exactly how depressed I have now become. My seasonal depression has now kicked in. The NBA draft is over. And um, I don't really know what to do with my life anymore. (laughs) I just don't know. Uh, So I guess I can prepare for next year's draft, I suppose, uh, extremely, extremely early and wonder what happened to Imani Bates. Uh, (laughs) So uh, let's begin today with this. So the NBA draft was last Thursday. Uh, We saw four players from the Big 12 get drafted. Uh, Ochai Abaji to the Cavs at 14. Uh, Jeremy Sohan to the Spurs at 9, which which really surprised me. I did not think that Sohan was a a top 10 pick. Uh, We saw Christian Brown go to the Nuggets at 21. And then Kendall Brown to the Indiana Pacers at number 48. He actually went much later than I thought he was. I thought his uh, that I thought he would. His athleticism, I thought, was going to get him drafted higher. Um, so we saw two Baylor guys and two Kansas guys, and no Texas Tech guys. And I understand why. Okay, like Bryson Williams was really the only player in my mind from Texas Tech that was going to be worthy of potentially getting drafted, and he was going to be a mid to late second round pick. Somebody was going to be gambling on his upside as an athlete. Uh, with his body and his uh, perimeter shooting ability, I, I, I think some team was going to be gambling on him later in the draft. But uh, he ends up going undrafted, uh, and he ends up signing with the Miami Heat, which I, I think is a, a really great opportunity for him, simply because the Miami Heat right now are not in a position where they have much depth at that power forward, you know, kind of stretch four position. I think Bryson Williams could actually find him a, uh, find himself a spot on this roster, and maybe you know you, you just you know you kind of get the idea that maybe Bryson Williams, if Miami didn't you know forfeit their late second round pick, maybe he would have gotten drafted because he kind of fits exactly what they need. So Bryson Williams ends up going to the Miami Heat, and he I think in my mind would fit perfectly in between Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in that lineup. Because, again, the Heat are a team that tend to like, you know, they they run a lot of that pick-and-roll stuff. A lot of the stuff I talked about last week as well. A lot of that pick-and-roll stuff, the kind of stuff that Bryson Williams is going to thrive in when you can, you know, set your mean pick, you can roll, you can use that big body to finish at the rim, finish through contact, get to the free-throw line, all of that. But you can also pop out and hit, and hit your threes at a 40% clip which is what Bryson Williams did last year, almost a 42% three-point shooter at Texas Tech last year. Averaged 14 points a game. Now, again, I you wish that he was able to use that bigger body, like 6'8", 228, his bigger body to grab a couple more rebounds and maybe finish through contact a little bit better. But, again, once you start kind of working out more and – you know, you you can you can practice all that you know touch at the rim and everything like that. You can you can teach all that. So I've always saw that Bryson Williams was a very developable uh, developable. Did I did I make up a word? A developable player. Um, 
you know, I kind of compared him to Jalen McDaniels uh, in the NBA. He's a little bit more of a, a, a stockier Jalen McDaniels, but it's that kind of player that I think the Miami Heat exactly need. So us as Texas, uh, Texas Tech fans, I think we can look forward to seeing Bryson Williams get in, you know, get a shot in the NBA. Now, another guy that I think uh, could make an impact in the NBA, and it's for a different reason. Uh, another Texas Tech player who I didn't think was going to get drafted, uh, you know, potentially UDFA, but did not really have him on the draft radar at all, is Adonis Arms. Now, Adonis Arms, like I said, was never really on the draft radar. You know, he spent three years as a JUCO and, you know, transferred to Winthrop. He redshirted for a year and, you know, spent a year at Winthrop and then came over to Texas Tech for his last season and played a pretty solid role. I mean, you got to give it to the guy. I mean, in the Sweet 16 loss to Duke in the national tournament this past year, Adonis Arms put up 13 points, 7 assists, and 7 boards against Duke. Like, I mean, he's and he's going up against Wendell Moore and Trevor Keels and guys like that all game long. You know, I bet he even had to pick up Paolo Bancaro, who ended up going number one in the draft. So it's for this kind of reason that Adonis Arms could get a shot in the NBA as well. Adonis Arms ended up signing with the Denver Nuggets. So it's interesting. Now the Nuggets have two Big 12 guys that they that they brought in. But Adonis Arms gives you something that's really, really valuable in today's NBA, and it's positional versatility. Adonis Arms is one of those people who, again, 6'6", 205. Big, athletic body. He doesn't really have a thin frame. He's... You know, he's kind of built out a little bit, plays with some toughness. He's a solid player. And in today's NBA, when everybody, when when position doesn't really matter, right? You have all kinds of guys of all different shapes and shot and sizes and all that stuff, all playing in different lineups. I mean, we saw it in the NBA Finals this year. There are so many lineups this year where the Golden State Warriors played Draymond Green at the five. And Draymond Green's 6'6". <laughs> like, like, we're not talking about just pure seven-foot big men. Now, of course, there's still a place for them in the game, but most of today's NBA, at least with the successful teams, they find creative lineups that work. You know, they, they, they try to find guys with some positional versatility, guys that can guard multiple positions on defense, you know, can hit the occasional outside shot. And look, that's where Adonis Arms really needed to improve his game, right? He needed to become a little bit more of a better three-point shooter. He only shot about 31% from three last year. Not terrible, but also not very good. You know, you, you, you'd you like to see him get closer to the 35% number to become more of a legitimate threat out there. But also not a bad free-throw shooter, 74.5%. But look... These guys that do a little bit of everything, right? Adonis Arms is one of those guys that just does a little bit of everything. Those guys have value. You know, they're not volume scorers. They're not incredible knockdown shooters. But you don't really know what to do with them because, and you don't know how to defend them because they do a little bit of everything. They can ball handle a little. They can pass. They can rebound. They can drive to the basket. They can shoot. They can... 
They can pull up. They can create their own shot. You know, Adonis Arms does a, a lot of that. And he showed us that last year at Texas Tech. And this is the thing that I think is really interesting about what this says about Texas Tech as a program is that guys like Adonis Arms and Bryson Williams and Terrence Shannon and all those guys that are going to be future NBA players, in Williams and Arms' case, they pretty much are NBA players at this point. But with these guys that are potential NBA players, I mean, they get you ready. I mean, that's the cool part. I mean, they, the guys that play with Texas Tech know how to play well against really solid competition. Right? Duke's the, the, the mecca. <laughs> right? They are the mecca. Duke had four guys get drafted this year. And that's kind of a, you know, that's an iffy year for them. I mean, there are times where Duke has their entire starting lineup and a bench guy or two get drafted. I mean, seriously, two through five in their lineup got drafted this year. Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore, Paolo Bencaro, and Mark Williams all got drafted this year, three of which went in the first round. And Texas Tech is playing them in the Sweet 16, playing them tough in the Sweet 16, and you're looking at a guy like Adonis Arms who, in his college career, played three years as a JUCO guy, played two years at community college, one year at Northwest Nazarene, had a redshirt transfer year, one year at Winthrop. I mean, think about this guy. If you look at his sports reference page, he has two years worth of actual data that's been tracked. Two years worth. One year at Winthrop, one year at Texas Tech. That's it. And he put up almost a triple-double against a team that went to the Final Four and had four kids drafted into the NBA. What does that tell kids that are thinking about transferring to Texas Tech, that are thinking about all the, the high school seniors that are thinking about committing to Texas Tech? What does that tell you about all of those guys? What does it tell you about their program? It tells you, listen, we get you ready for the pros. We put you up against good competition, and trust me, you'll be ready for it. Adonis Arms is not a draftable prospect right now, right? He wasn't a draftable prospect, but he played well enough against draftable competition to earn himself a shot in the NBA. And for a good NBA team, the Denver Nuggets are very good. Bryson Williams, same thing. The Miami Heat were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference this year. Say what you want. And again, these guys are all transfers. Bryson Williams transferred twice. Bryson Williams went from Fresno State to UTEP, then to Texas Tech. And then all of a sudden, Texas Tech comes around and turns Bryson Williams into a draftable prospect. That's incredible to me. It says a lot about what that program can do and why I think the continuation of this program is going to be of the upper tier. It's going to be the, you know the, this, this actual competitive you know, realization of players that can actually come in and compete against some of the big teams. That's what happens. 
right? It's it's the whole cycle. Tell your friends, word of mouth. It's all that stuff. All that stuff matters in recruiting and everything like that. You want to make it seem like the Texas Tech is a good program to play for if you take basketball seriously. And listen, I'll say this. I I I know that most people know this already because you know, the people that actually are are paying attention they they've recognized the kind of accomplishments that Texas Tech has achieved. But look, I'll say it anyway. Texas Tech is a basketball school. Texas Tech is a real basketball school. We've been ranked a number of years in a row. We've been in the national tournament without question for numbers of years in the recent past. And we get guys drafted. And we get guys shots in the NBA. If you take basketball seriously, and and like I said, this is why this isn't going to go away. Because guys like Bryson Williams, though I I like their skill set and how they fit into the NBA, right? They're not special. I mean, you look at the guys that go play for Duke. Look at the guys at the top of the draft this year. Okay, Jabari Smith out of Auburn is a world-class shot maker. Bryson Williams isn't that. Adonis Arms isn't that. Okay, have you seen Chet Holmgren that came out of Gonzaga? Went number two overall in the draft. Seven foot. He's incredibly light, but he's seven foot. His wingspan can reach across the gym. He shoots 40% from threes, one of the best shot blockers in the country. He dribbles the ball like a guard. He could probably play small forward in the NBA. No, we, Bryson Williams and Adonis Arms are not those guys. They're in a couple of tiers below those guys. They're the mid to late second round picks, possibly. But before that, did you ever even think that Bryson Williams was going to get a shot in the NBA? Did you ever think Adonis Arms? I didn't even think Adonis Arms was... I. This is the crazy part to me, is that I study the NBA draft as much as anybody else does. Adonis Arms, I didn't even think was a UDFA. Adonis Arms was not on the radar. And that speaks to the Texas Tech program. Because Adonis Arms is getting a shot in the NBA because of his positional versatility, because of his athleticism, because of how he can play defense and guard multiple positions. And he does have some offensive upside. He can shoot a little... Right, not amazing. Like I said, 31% from three, but you got to guard him out there at least. He can rebound a little. He can pass a little. He's just a good basketball player, and he fits well in a system. We saw that last year. So I think it's amazing how the Texas Tech program has grown into what it has today, um, where guys like Bryson Williams and Adonis Arms can get shots in the NBA as undrafted free agents And I think they have real shots at getting roster spots because of what they bring to the table, because of what Texas Tech was able to develop for them. So really interesting stuff. By the way, uh, last note in the NBA draft, I am a Cleveland Cavalier fan. And um, I I could not be – (laughs) and I I get – you know, maybe some Tech fans don't want to hear this because – you know, Kansas is is the class of the Big 12, and 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 Texas Tech is not at the moment. But I am psyched to have Ochai Abaji on my team. 
I just am. And if you're an NBA fan outside of being a Texas Tech fan, if Ochai Abaji had gone to your team, I would expect you to be psyched too. And I was way higher on Abaji than, than most people. I had him number seven on my board. Like shades of Jalen Brown. Like that that's really what I compared him to. Crazy shooter, crazy athlete, can defend. Like <laughs> I just I didn't know what you wouldn't love about the guy. Yeah, well, he's not great at creating his own shot. You don't think that's coming? For a guy that polished, for a guy that hardworking, for a guy that wins as much as he does, that maturity level, that leadership, I mean, my goodness. I thought he was the best player in the country last year. As a college basketball player. Like I said, number seven on my board. He wasn't the best draft prospect available, but he was close. He was close. So as a Cavs fan, (laughs) getting him at 14 back into the lottery, listen, we might as well have won the lottery. (laughs) That was one heck of a pick. So I apologize if I am offending any Texas Tech people who hate Kansas guts, but what, are, what do you want me to say? Ochai Abaji to the Cavs made me extremely happy as a Cavs fan. Um, all right, so let's move on to this. Um, so what it looks like to me, I read an article today um, that uh, it's an article by Matthew Connor. It was written in Fansided, and um, it lo- the headline is Texas Tech football, Red Raider running backs could uh, could be offense's big uh, backbone. And listen, if, if that's the plan that they're going for and they want to just aggressively run the football and, you know, approach the offense that way, I, I am all for that. All for that. I think the biggest mistake they could have made is is if they completely committed to the straight-up air raid where the ball just flies all over the field. And we would have had turnovers and turnovers and turnovers. And we would have, we would have lost a lot of games on a lot of stupid mistakes. This actually provides a little bit of security. And one of the things that the article does bring up, and it is 100% true, is that the national media, and this is why you come to Heartland College Sports, because, you know, we... we we cover the stuff that sometimes, you know, the, the big guys, Fox, ESPN, whatever, they don't cover. You know, the national media underrates the running back tandem that Texas Tech has. So, Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks are some of the better, is one of the best running back duos in the Big 12. Okay, and let me tell you why. Okay, just pure statistics, right? Last season, they combined for 1,068 yards. They had 17 touchdowns. And this is the big stat for me. This is the big one. 5.6 yards per carry. Five and a half yards a carry. Okay, here's another stat for you. And again, I'm, I'm pulling all of this from the article because I read it and it was fascinating. Taj Brooks last year, if he had carried the ball three more times and would have been eligible for the statistic, he would have qualified for first place on the Big 12's list of leaders 
in yards per carry last season with six and a half. Taj Brooks averaged six and a half yards a carry last season and was three carries short of actually qualifying for the stat. That's exciting to me. And it shows me that Joey McGuire, regardless of what his system could be, what the plan he has for this team could be in his own mind, it shows me that he's willing to adjust to what the strength of the team is right now in order to A, win games now, and B, establish some sort of a building ground for what he finds success for in the future. That's incredible. Okay? If you see Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks are having unbelievable success, right? Because you have Taj Brooks with the five and a half, six and a half yards of carry. Meanwhile, Sir Roderick Thompson had 10 rushing touchdowns last year on only 107 carries. 107. One every 10 carries, he's running it in for a touchdown. If you're seeing that, and the very next season, your first year on the job, you're saying, we're going to commit to running the football. See, that's exciting to me. And that's what good coaches do. Good coaches take what is there, they recognize what they're good at, and guess what? They pound it. They build off of it. They build the foundation around what their strengths are. If Texas Tech is going to commit to running the football, then that's incredible. Plus, you got to keep this in mind. Just basic, regular football knowledge. What is control? What does running the football do? If you're good at running the football, what does it do? It controls the pace of the game. Right? If you can run the football well, you can control the pace of the game. You can control the clock. You can make the game move at your pace. If you have control of the football game, that resonates with your football team. That resonates with your fan base. That resonates with your higher-ups, your athletic director, with everybody else. It resonates with the high school kids that are going to want to come here. And the freshmen that you have that are going to be here for another three or four years. It resonates with those guys. Control the pace of the game. And your ability to do that, again, right? It's tough to do that when you can't run the football. But when you're a team like Tech and you can, I mean, five and a half yards of carry is crazy. It's nuts. Try to find very many teams that have that much success running the football. I'm not sure you can control the ground game. And truthfully, if Joey, if you want me to be honest with what Joey McGuire should do, I mean, it just makes him look good. Provides a little bit of job security. If your team doesn't turn the ball over, your, your team looks less sloppy, then that's great. 
That's exactly what you want. It provides a little bit of security for you. So if that's the direction that Texas Tech wants to go in, they want to run the football, they want to get on the ground early, then I think that you could be in for a year that, you know, regardless of the win total, but you could be in for a year where the culture is established, players buy in, and you have some sort of groundwork for what this team could look like in the future and how this coach is going to coach this team. Taking the players that he has, building the team that he wants, and building it around what they're good at and not making his players fit into the system that he wants to run. So, very, very interesting stuff. Okay, that does it for us. Uh, Thank you for being with me at the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. This is the Texas Tech Edition. We'll see you.